Welcome back to this week's episode of Walking with the Master. My name is Ken Winter, and this week's episode is entitled, A Beloved Son. How many of us find ourselves traveling through wildernesses in our lives and are in desperate need of someone to show us the way? We may be alone on the journey, or we may be surrounded by friends or family that are encouraging us along the way, but they don't really know how to help us. They haven't traveled that same path before. They don't know the road markers. And try as they might, they just aren't able to provide us with what we need. We need someone who has walked that path before us. We need someone who knows the way. We need someone who we can confidently follow. Several years ago, my wife and I were making a road trip in Germany. It was back in the day before we had directional maps on our smartphones or translation apps at our fingertips to aid in understanding other languages. We were on a journey to touch my roots in the city from which my family originally emigrated to the U.S. several hundred years ago. We were excited about the opportunity to be there and thoroughly enjoying the beautiful countryside as we traveled along the roads. We were doing fine as long as we were on the main highway, but once we exited to traverse the local roads, we soon found ourselves completely lost. Sadly, I do not speak nor read any of my ancestral language, so when I pulled into a service station to see if they might be able to point me in the right direction, I found that no matter how hard the proprietor and I tried, we could not understand one another. I'm sure I did what most Americans do when they find themselves in a situation trying to communicate with someone who does not speak English. I spoke louder, as if my increased volume was going to help me be understood. When will we learn? But gratefully, there was another customer in the store who did speak English. And he was from the very town we were trying to find. I'm convinced he was an angel sent by God or at least he completely qualifies as one, because he most graciously volunteered to go out of his way and lead us in his car to our desired destination. All we needed to do was trust him, follow him, and trust that he knew the way. He probably drove 30 minutes out of his way to help us get to the right place. Sadly, I don't even know his name, but he did us a great service that day. You may be familiar with Reuel, the Midianite. He is also referred to as Jethro, the priest of Midian. He was the father of Moses' wife, Zipporah. Scholars tell us that Jethro, which means excellence, was probably his official title, whereas Reuel, which means friend of God, was more than likely his proper name. I propose that there may be one other explanation for this difference. You may recall that Jethro caught up with Moses and the Israelites at Sinai, bringing Zipporah and Moses' two sons to reunite with him. Not only had he traveled to Sinai on this personal mission, he had also come in his official capacity as Midianite priest to formally greet the Israelites on behalf of his people. While visiting with Moses, Jethro declared his personal allegiance to Jehovah. Though he arrived at Sinai as an excellency, or Jethro, 
of the Midianites. He left Sinai as a friend of God, Reuel. When Jethro came to Sinai, he also brought his son Hobab with him. Then, when Jethro, or Reuel, left Sinai to return to his people, he left Hobab to stay with Moses and Zipporah. The inference is that he would stay with the Israelites while they camped at Sinai, which was a part of the Midianites' territory. Perhaps he stayed to assist them while they encamped on his people's land. When the Israelites prepared to leave Sinai, Hobab's assignment was concluded, and he was preparing to return to his home. The name Hobab means beloved. You may recall that when Moses first encountered Jethro's family, he defended Jethro's seven daughters while they were watering their father's flock. Moses then assumed the responsibility as shepherd of the flock, as Zipporah's husband. That tells us that Hobab was either very young when Moses first came on the scene, or he was born to Jethro after Moses and Zipporah were married. Regardless, he was a son of Jethro's older age. He was the son whose arrival Jethro had awaited for many years, and he named him Hobab, his beloved son. Jethro, the father, directed his beloved son, Hobab, perhaps his only son, to dwell among the people to help them and perhaps to show them how to live in the wilderness of Sinai. This would have been a tremendous sacrifice for Jethro to leave Hobab there in the wilderness with the people. This sacrifice demonstrated Jethro's love for Moses and for the people of God. But when the Israelites prepared to leave Sinai, it would have been time for Hobab to return to his father's house, to return to the father whom he loved, and to return to the comforts and the favor of his father's house. But Moses pleaded with him to stay with the Israelites. He said, Hobab, you are a good shepherd. You know the places in the wilderness we should camp. You know where the green pastures are. You know the location of the quiet waters. Help guide us in the path that God leads us in. Dwell among us and share in all the good things God has promised to do for his people. It would appear that Hobab did just that. He remained with the Israelites and dwelled among them throughout their time in the wilderness. As a matter of fact, when the Israelites entered the promised land, the descendants of Hobab received an allocation of land in it. As the Israelites journeyed through the wilderness, God provided a beloved son, an only son, to shepherd them, to lead them beside green pastures and beside the still waters. He provided this son to help them journey through the wilderness and to show them how. Though God was leading them, and though his presence dwelled in their midst, he had provided this one to live and walk among them. Later, God would send another son to dwell among his people, his beloved son, his only son. He would come as a good shepherd to teach his people, to lead his people, and to show them how to live. The father would deprive himself of the companionship of the son, and the son would deprive himself of the comfort of his home 
and the companionship of the Father. Sometimes, even when we see God's activity all around us, and even when family and friends surround us, we can feel alone as we journey through the wilderness. The Father sent His Son so that we might never be alone in the wilderness. No matter where we find ourselves in the wilderness, He knows the way. He knows what we have need of. And He is able to provide it. Just like Hobab stayed with the children of Israel, this beloved Son, Jesus, will never leave us nor forsake us. So take heart, fellow sojourner. The beloved Son is traveling your wilderness path with you. He's going before you to lead the way. He's going behind you to protect you as your rear guard. He's going beside you to draw you close. Trust him. Follow him. And trust that he knows the way. If we do, we'll end up right where we're supposed to be. This episode is adapted from The Wandering Years, the second book in my Lessons Learned in the Wilderness series. All of my books are available through Amazon, in print, and for your Kindle or Kindle app. Information on how you can obtain them is available on my website, kenwinter.org. Well, thank you for joining me again this week. I hope you'll join me again next week as together we walk with the Master. Thank you.